This episode, like the podcast as a whole, is not for short-sighted people. This episode, like the podcast in its entirety, will appeal to people who want to be able to see more than one step ahead, maybe three or four or 10 steps ahead. If this is you, you're in the right place. What to do, how to do it, when to do it. The guests from season one reveal their answers to the question I ask them all, to boil things down to their best advice for adoptive parents about the long view. Adoption, The Long View is a podcast brought to you by Adopting.com. Our focus is more on the marriage than the wedding. Once you fill the crib and are legally joined to your beloved child, your journey's not over. It's just beginning. We cover things you need to know now, perspectives you need to hear now. I'm your host, Lori Holden, author of The Open-Hearted Way to Open Adoption and longtime blogger at LavenderLose.com. I'm a mom through infant adoption to a daughter and a son, now in their late teens, and it's been a ride. Think of any road trip you've taken. There are ups and there are downs, and it's always an adventure. You're always glad for the trip, but afterward and during, you might end up thinking, if only I knew then what I know now. So, here we go. On this, episode 12, we close out our first season. What a success this has been. I'm so grateful for all of you listening. Thank you for tuning in for sharing this with others and for continuing to support us and for writing in with your questions and comments. I'm also grateful for the 12 people who sat with me during this season, helping us all to delve into the complexities of adoption in a way that helps us be more comfortable and effective at the difficult parts of adoptive parenting. I found that these parts get easier just by acknowledging them and by being willing to look at them. Do you want to know how the guests have answered this question? Well, today you'll get the digest, the down and dirty clips for what each guest said. You may be surprised with some of the commonalities among them, and you may be intrigued by the special sauce brought to the table by each guest and their unique perspective and experience. Here's what my fabulous guests have said when I asked them to boil things down to their best advice for adoptive parents about the long view. We have a transcript available, so you can easily find any episode you'd like to refer back to. First is Leah Campbell, single mom to Cheeks, coincidentally from episode one. I think being open-minded in an open adoption is important Um, and never ever putting anything in these kind of set, this is how it is terms. Um, because it may not be how it is. And I I think that's true, again, of parenting in general. I think that things change and evolve and move forward, and you need to be willing to evolve and change and move forward with it. Um, And as adoptive parents, I think this is something I work really hard on, because it's very easy to center yourself and everything. It's We think about ourselves and our needs, and it's just natural. Um, But I try really hard to remember that I'm the person with the most power in this dynamic, always. I'm always the person. I get to make the choices. I'm the one with the legal standing. Um, I have more power than my daughter in this. I have more power than her other mom in this. So it is my responsibility to kind of step back sometimes and give power where I can. Um, I think that's a really important thing for adoptive parents to remember. You're in the power position. So you are responsible for not taking advantage of that power you have um, and and making sure that everyone's taken care of. Be aware of your power position. Be fluid. Things will always be evolving. That was Leah Campbell from episode one, should you want to turn in for more Leah. Leah's advice was echoed by Dr. Abby Goldberg, a researcher on open adoption in episode nine. 
change is the name of the game. It's um, part of any relationship, but it's especially relevant to openness. So being open to change and kind of almost expecting that it's inevitable, I think is actually, there is something comforting about that. Um, that if we can just stay open to the possibility of change, um, that we are, then we are less um, uh, shocked when it happens. And I think sort of related to that is really understanding that different stages in the life cycle um, or developmental period of the kid uh, or kids, you know, it's important to realize that there are adoption competent, you know, people out there to draw on for support. You know, there may not be an adoption competent therapist in your geographical area, but there, you know, we're so lucky now to have so many resources online. And now in the world of telehealth, you know, people can see people in other states and can be, you know, can find an adoption competent therapist or a consultant somewhere else um, and get some input. So I think realizing that this is a journey, right? This is a marathon, not a sprint. And so it's sort of like picking up your sustenance when you need it along the way as a, as a lifelong long distance runner. <laughs> this is how I like my analogies. So it's like when you find that you need something, like looking around and maybe you're like, you know, oh yeah, I, I can see something, right? I needed that. Um, you know, it's just more staying open to the possibility that at some point you might you might need some support, you might need some help, and then there might be years that go by that you're doing fine, you're chugging along, and you really are not. You don't need anything, right? Um, so I think just that openness and staying open and realizing the resources that we do have available to us um, that that they can be very powerful when we do find ourselves stuck. So I hear you saying that openness means flexibility and an, an ability to weather change, which is inevitable. And right. if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that um, change happens all the time and mm -hmm. we adapt. We do. We find ways. I mean, it is really shocking if you look around and you see what people are doing to adapt and what we have adapted to. And not to say that that's, that's great, but we should pat ourselves on the back for just adapting. Um, and we, we, we all are learning a little bit about our own resiliency and that when faced with a very challenging situation, we do find ways to adapt. We are more creative and more resilient than we might believe. Mm. That might be the capstone of, of this interview. That's a beautiful note to end on. Change is the name of the game and adoptive parenting, even a parenting in general, is a marathon, not a sprint. Dr. Abby Goldberg adds in her observation that parents are more creative, flexible, and resilient than they think, especially when challenges come along. We know that from pandemic times, don't we? It's a hopeful message from episode nine. In episode four, adoptee and activist Rich Erlaub reminds us that while adoption may look like a one-time event to parents, it's a lifelong journey for the adopted person. You know, this, this seems really simplistic, but I think the answer is built into the question. Approach it with the long view. I love that. <laughs> Adoption is not an event. It's a journey. Yes. And I, and I think you, you make me remember that to adoptive parents, it often looks like a one-time one deal, it, it ha something that happened, but that's not necessarily the case for how adoptees feel about it, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I think many adoptive parents, <coughs> and again, rightly so, because it's not easy to adopt. Um, 
I've seen so much joy. This is they're they're mine now. This is our baby. We're gonna celebrate Gotcha Day. Uh, that may be my second biggest piece of advice. Do not ever 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 have a Gotcha Day. Um, <laughs> yeah, tell us why. I think I know, but tell me why. <clears throat> you want to celebrate a birthday? That's great. Um, adoptees who are willing to let themselves feel the feels and think deeply enough about it. Once they understand, uh, I'll, I'll use this illustration really quickly. My dad used to say in his, in one of his many less emotionally aware moments, he would say, well, you cost us $10 and you've been worth every penny. Youch. And now, and it was a joke, you know, uh, but not a, not a great joke for an adoptee. And uh, some parents may be going, oh my gosh, $10, that's fantastic. You know, they just paid a record fee to the state as opposed to thousands and thousands. But think about now the, the money goes up. And as the money in adoption goes up, the sense of commodification on the part of adoptees also goes up. And, and kind of the sense of, look at all we paid for you, look at all we've done for you, look at all we've sacrificed for you. Therefore, it's your job as the adoptee to sacrifice your identity and your heritage um, because you owe us, because of how much you cost and what we invested in you. Mm. And that's, that the gotcha day becomes a symbol of what all that is about. It's the day we acquired you as opposed to here's the day you were born. And I know it's another one of those things that often has good intent. We're celebrating your adoption. It's a beautiful thing. The way it lands with many adoptees is it's, it's a phrase that's a symbol of our commodification. Makes you think twice about gotcha day, doesn't it? That was Rich Erlob from episode four. Angela Tucker is also an adoptee. Here's what she has to say in episode five. My biggest piece of advice really comes down to my mission to center adoptees. I'd really love for adoptive parents to listen to and take seriously the variety of adoptee voices that are out there vulnerably and courageously speaking out. I, I find that so many adoptive parents kind of pick and choose which adoptees they want to listen to once they've found our voices. And that is harmful. You know, I know that it seems like if an adoptee doesn't start a sentence with, I love my parents, I'm grateful for them, then anything else they say is is null and void that an adoptive parent is no longer listening and is only concerned with or only kind of thinking they must have had a terrible upbringing and that's why they are expressing this or that that is is unfair it is um it, it actually isn't centering the adoptee it's centering the adoptive parents feelings and their needs uh before allowing us to speak i and so I really would encourage adoptive parents to listen with open ears and allow every adoptee story to be valid and true for what it is. 
So often what we know, and I say that in air quotes about adoption, comes from the narrative of adoptive parents and adoption professionals. As Angela says, we must also seek out adoptee voices. That was episode five, if you'd like more Angela. Another adoptee voice we've heard this season is author Sarah Easterly in episode six. I would say, um, you know, I, again, it's the theme. I would say do your best to get comfortable with the complexity of adoption. I think the more comfortable we can all be in that, the less likely we're going to be to simplify the story, to take the dynamics personally, um, and the more likely we're going to be to really see our children, um, the full children, um, and convey that everything inside them is welcome, that there's room for all of it. It's a no strings attached kind of love. Um, and just reinforcing that no matter what, you're never going away. Um, and that's just opening the door for trust and authenticity. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I would also say just play a listening role like you're doing right now. <laughs> um, if you're still listening here and like Lori, you're doing, um, you know, listen to adult adoptee voices. Um, and, you know, we're not always easy to hear. And, um, you know, I will speak for myself and others. Sometimes there's still some anger under there and some of that attacking energy. And so, you know, I think before discounting it, just keep listening, just keep listening to lots of different sources and it'll be easy to sort out what is and isn't relevant. It's important for adoptive parents, says Sarah Easterly in episode six, to get comfortable with the complexity of adoption to see the full child, and to be able to love without strings. Similarly, Clemencia de Leon, a birth mom in a closed kinship adoption, talks about comfort and discomfort in episode seven. The long view of adopted parenting um, advice. My advice is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. There's going to be a lot of uncomfortable moments, um, and that's okay. Um, being uncomfortable is okay. A lot of a lot of growth comes out of uncomfortability. Um, but my advice would just to be to expect being uncomfortable and to be prepared to put in the work um, for yourself, and then most importantly for your child. Um, be uncomfortable and then just be super mindful of your own emotions as the adoptive parent so that you can help your child in their emotional space because they're going to be there. It can, good emotions, you know, tough emotions, they're going to be there. And so my advice would be um, be prepared to be uncomfortable and be mindful and aware of what you're feeling and why you're feeling and how you can get through this, um, those emotions in, in the best way possible. Clemencia advises parents to deal with our own emotions and be willing to work on our own issues when they come up. That was episode seven, in case you want to hear more. Another birth mom, activist Ashley Mitchell of Big Tough Girl, offers her wisdom in episode two. Um, don't give up. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, you will have to answer to your child about how you brought them home. 
and about what that looked like and about what you did to fight for that relationship with the biological parents. And it's going to matter. And how you are able to answer that question is going to be dictated upon the work that you put into it. It's exhausting and it is for life. But at the end of the day, if you can look at your child and say that you did everything that you could to make sure that regardless of the circumstance, you did everything you could to cultivate these relationships, that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to matter. And so keep fighting, keep fighting for that. I know it's hard to be in the trenches, but when you get to look at your child and say that we did this and this and have those relationships intact, that'll be because of the work that you did. Make sure that in all you do, you can one day answer to your son or daughter and that you can be proud and have a clear conscience for maintaining connections wherever possible. That was Ashley Mitchell in episode two. We also heard from a birth mom and an adoptive mom together who were both pioneers in figuring out open adoption in the very early days of it and can share their long view. Here are Kim Court and Linda Marie Mueller from episode 10. Um, okay, from a birth mother's perspective, um, the advice I would give is don't keep any secrets. And I, I say that from, you know, from a lot of different perspectives, but I think thinking of the person at the center, the adopted uh, person, um, I think secrets can be so toxic. And Linda touched on this before, you know, sort of always wondering, you know, if they had if you had waited until they were an adult when they could meet their extended biological family, um, there's risk there, especially if, as you said, some members of the biological family have passed away. They never had those opportunities for connection. Um, but secrets are so toxic and so ugly and so awful. And um, so I think steering away from secrets from the adopted person, but also from a birth parent perspective. Um, and I know society has changed a little bit. People are way more open about things um, and everything. And maybe secrets and shame aren't a, as huge a part of this as they were back then. But um, it was super toxic for me. And it infected um, the way that I parent my two daughters now, um, a teenager and uh, a nine-year-old. Um, and, and I'm kind of still, if you can believe it, working through things um, in, in that regard. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is to be as open as you are comfortable with. And, you know, there's a difference between um, things that are private and things that are secret. Exactly. And the difference is shame, right? Very much so. Very much is privacy. I mean, I will absolutely 100% respect somebody's privacy and not share a story or share uh, something that could be hurtful or harmful, but I'm not going to keep a secret um, that is then going to be damaging either for me or for anybody else involved. So I think understanding that distinction is super important and would probably be my best piece of oh, advice. Great advice. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm really thinking about uh, this podcast and the framework of the podcast, Adoption the Long View. That's exactly the same as for parenting. It's for the long haul. So no matter what kind of parent we are it's our job to raise you know healthy human beings that will be you know well-adjusted adults and so in the context of openness you know how how better to um 
give your child that, uh, I guess, foundation and base all along, um, to, you know, to help help raise them to be, um, you know, well-adjusted adults. So um, also really listen to adoptee voices. There's a lot of adoptee voices out there that are so powerful. Um, I had the privilege of being belonging to a nonprofit that um, gave, gave me a lot of opportunities to listen and talk to adult adoptees all along the way. And um, there was a common mantra that they wanted to know their beginnings. It had nothing to do with loving their parents. But you know what? They were close. Those that had parents that understood and listened to them, they were closer to those parents. So if you want to be close to your child, validate and empathize and walk this with them. Allow them, allow yourself to be a safe place for them to talk to. I, you know, the story about, you know, my little guy in the middle of the night, I, I guess my heart is still warm to it that he felt safe to climb into bed with me and tell me that. So, hmm. so um, I guess, and also, you know, just be confident in who you are to your child. Allowing more love in his life will only enhance his life, your life, and honoring, you know, honoring them will honor him and will bring you all closer. So, you know, I guess as, as a final nugget, you know, life is short. Don't miss a chance to grab all the love you can. Don't keep secrets. They're toxic. Make sure you feel safe to your child. That's the best advice from Kim Court and Linda Marie Mueller in episode 10. We hear more on that theme from Rebecca Volley, adoptive mom and angel in adoption, in episode eight. Um, I gained so much listening to adult adoptees sharing their journey, transracial adoptees, um, those that had gone through foster care, trauma-informed parenting specialists, just wishing I would have had information sooner. And that's what led to the radio show that I did. <clears throat> as far as an adoptive parent, it came from the radio show. Um, one of the biggest um, aha moments I had was talking to an adult adoptee. And she said to me, I brought up adoption with my mom once. And the look on my face told me, don't ever do that again. And she, she stopped. She never spoke about adoption again with her she mom. Shut down. Yeah, she shut down. And I just remember thinking, I never want to be that mom. And I remember so vividly my daughter and I having a conversation once we were talking about counseling. And I was telling her about my experiences with counseling. And I said, you know, well, your dad and I, when we found out we couldn't have kids, we totally went to counseling and did all kinds of work. And she goes, oh yeah, you couldn't have kids. I'm sorry. What does that make us? And I just sat there and was like, and people use that term all the time. I couldn't have kids. So we adopted. And here's my daughter saying, I'm sorry, what does that make us? And I remember thinking, oh my gosh. And I go, oh my gosh, baby girl, what do you hear when I say that? And she said that you wanted a mansion and you got an apartment. And I remember just one, my heart breaking that that's what she would hear. And two, being so incredibly grateful that she felt safe enough to say, mom, do you understand what I hear when you say that? And I think that is the gift of listening to the voices of the adoptees and the gift we can give our kids as parents is complete freedom. Now, if I get triggered by that, if I have my old wounds that open up, if I, whatever, I need to suck it up and deal with that later and be 100% present with her in that space and say, I am so glad you told me that. 
And I said, will you also give me permission to share that? And she has given me permission to share that because she said, yeah, mom, people say, well, she said, people say like that all the time. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. She's like, you wouldn't believe all this stuff, you know, like, oh my gosh, you look like your mom, even though she's not your real mom, you know, all these comments. And I think I feel for that whole generation that didn't have a safe space to process that. And I always want to be that safe space for my kids. And, and I hope that I've done that. I feel like in those moments when they're willing to say that stuff and call me out that I feel like maybe I've, I've done okay. Wow. You wanted a mansion and you got an apartment. Mm-hmm. It rips my heart when I hear that. And as awful as it is to hear it, the only worst thing would be to not hear it and to have it be there. So and when you think that- about it, I thought I was being like stellar, you know, adoptive mom being all open about my counseling stuff that I'd done. And then she was like, yeah, nice try. You know, and I just, I love, I love that about my daughter. I have no doubt that in the future that she'll have a voice for, again, those that don't speak about this stuff and and how she can validate and say, oh, me too. Yeah, I I felt like that. You know, she's got such insight. I've got multiple stories of her calling me out on stuff. So I think that's it. Being the safe space, dealing with your stuff. Every time I taught, maybe we'll adopt classes. I was like, deal with your stuff, people. Like it is that beach ball you push down in the water. It's going to pop up somewhere else and it's going to get in the way of your relationship with your kids. So I think that um, that's key when you're building a, a family around this concept of adoption that, that is different. People want to say it's the same, but it's not. There's a really tough road um, in this space. And the more we can be real with each other, the more healing that can happen. But we manage grief. We don't solve grief. We don't, we're not cured from grief. We manage it. And, and to be able to acknowledge that it's even there is the first step. And then to be able to um, give it space when, when the grief comes up when the big emotions come up, that's, that's what keeps us healthy. That's why people go to counseling is to get unstuck. And the stuckage is, I call it stuckage. The stuckage is from those emotions that we're, we think they're too painful to face. So. Totally. And thank God I'm, I'm a safe person, you know, to be able to say that and know that even if there is parts of me that struggle, that I can still be a hundred percent in, mm-hmm. in that space with her and then move on and do my own counseling. Because deal with your stuff, people. It's going to come up. (laughs) Deal with your stuff, people. So that that might be boiling it down. Deal with your stuff, people. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I mean, and and the thing is, is that our kids go through it and they see it in us. And and whenever you've been around other people that have grieved, um, there is a connection and nuance that you can see that in one another. And and she sees it in me and I see it in her. And um, it's made us incredibly connected because we, we stay in it together. I remember when my mom passed away in 2008 and my, I was sobbing and my kids all came in and were hugging me. And my, my daughter said at that point, 2008, she was 10 years old. She said, mom, we understand we lost our moms too. And we just sat there and cried together. And so that sacred grief space is something that I don't think many people are willing to sit in. Cause it was hard and it was hard to know that I, 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 my mom would never be replaced and I will never p- replace their mom. They saw that in me and we all sat together and cried. And like I said, she was 10, like she gets it. That was Rebecca Volley sharing her story of being a safe space for her daughter to share a painful thought with in episode eight. It's no coincidence that Rebecca has followed the same advice given by Leslie Johnson, adoptee and therapist from episode 11. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, sometimes it, it 
feels like it might be easier to to deny or wait you know we'll wait to talk about that and what i encourage parents to to do is with the with the notion that i believe um parents are their child's best advocate right so get comfortable with with all parts of the story and get part get comfortable with um you know this your family started with this 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 incident that was separation and and there is going to be grief and loss that that, that are inherent in the, in that um and when i say get comfortable i don't mean get comfortable like it, that it's okay but get comfortable get comfortable talking about it um and if you're not find a group or find a therapist that can help you with the language and because the earlier parents start talking about it the better um because you're letting your child know then that that you are a safe place that you can handle whatever they bring to you um and you're helping them you know helping them begin to form an identity their identity so um this is a question that I asked of all of our guests. Can you boil things down to your best piece of advice for adoptive parents about the long view of adoptive parenting? Well, I think you just said it best. Um, you know, I think I think that the, the adoptive family um, works best when adoptive parents have done their done their work and continue to do their work. Um, I think that's that's my number one uh, recommendation for adoptive parents. Uh, one of my earlier guests said something like, um, "Get comfortable with the discomfort." Yeah, perfect. Don't run from it. Don't squash it down. Yeah, acknowledge that it exists and and let it let it deal with it. Right. Deal right. with your stuff, which is what another guest has said. <laughs> right. Right. Are you seeing the common themes here? That was episode 11 with Leslie Johnson. Do your work, deal with your stuff. It's universally helpful to find ways to take care of one's mental health and to be able to face big emotions along the way because they will come and we are up to the task. Due to a high profile error in a fertility clinic, Carolyn Savage of episode three, who was on both sides of placing and receiving babies has her take on this theme. I think the best piece of advice I can give is exactly what I've already said. Be upfront, truthful, and I'm developmentally appropriate. I, I think that stories can start out very simple and then you can add um, details as you get older, as the children, as the child gets older. Um, but truthful and um, appropriate so that there's never a big reveal. I just, I just don't believe in my heart that that's the best way to go. Um, I think you want them, I don't think you would try, you want your child ever thinking that you are keeping a secret from them of this magnitude. That being said, I think always as busy as life gets and as far away from that moment you get where you walked out of the hospital with that baby, um, again, I think it's normal to experience a little bit of guilt, um, figure out a way to deal with that productively. Two, as busy as life gets 11 years later, know that the first mother of your child is still thinking of mm -hmm. that child and every day probably, and that you want to give them what they need to continue to be comfortable with their decision. 
That was episode three with Carolyn Savage, sharing her advice and her guiding principle, treat others the way you would want to be treated. And that's a wrap for season one of Adoption the Long View. We'll see you soon for more captivating guests in season two. Make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you know when new episodes are available. With each episode of Adoption the Long View, we bring you guests that expand your knowledge of adoptive parenting. Please subscribe, give this episode a rating, and share with others who are on the journey of adoptive parenting. Thanks to each of you listeners for tuning in and for investing in your adoption's long view. May you meet everything on your road ahead with confidence, capability, and compassion.